1: Welcome back, Tuesday, May 28th, 2022. I am Seth Leapson. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Uh, it, would be, uh, it would be an affectation or conceit or something if I didn't mention what everyone else seems to be lighting fireworks about, which is uh, the testimony of the January 6th committee. Today, uh, from an aide of um, a former aide of the former chief of staff to the president, uh, former chief of staff being Mark uh, Meadows, former congressman and former chief of staff to Donald Trump, Uh, and and some of the things she said today. Uh, Before we all lose our minds over this, um, uh, just three small points, if I can remember them, (laughs) as I was thinking about them just now as I'm speaking with you, which is this: first of all. There's no corroboration at all from someone who witnessed these events when she was 23 years old. This whole country is hanging on a thread over the testimony of a 23-year-old's hearsay. Okay, Uh, just not in and of itself dismissive of the point, but now combine that with the fact that there was no cross-examination whatsoever. It's not allowed and it doesn't exist. How did she hear this? How does she know this? What was the reaction? Why is no Secret Service agent validated or testified uh, or confidentially or in public as to what she's testifying to? Some of these claims are, yeah, rather uh, upsetting or shocking. Some of them are. They, again, have nothing to do whatsoever with the original purpose of the January 6th committee, which was to investigate how Donald Trump caused the January 6th riots. They certainly, if if they are true, if they are true, they certainly embarrassed the president a little bit, maybe a lot. I don't know, depending on where you sit. But it's uncorroborated testimony from a 23-year-old witness about some fairly serious stuff, including manipulations of the Secret Service, physical attacks on the Secret Service, um and then and then and then we're supposed to be very animated over the fact if it's a fact if it's a fact that Donald Trump threw his lunch at the wall threw a plate at the wall well first of all uh this happened in Twenty uh, in in December of 2020. Actually, I think it was November, December of 2020. Not uh, not uh, not in 2021. Not anywhere near the January 6th or on the day of January 6th. Happened uh, a month or two before. Um, third, I, you know, I'm I'm not for that, but you know, I can understand someone hearing bad news or being contradicted by his attorney general, right or wrong, and having that kind of reaction. I suppose. I suppose I'm not defending it or justifying it. I'm just saying, is it that outrageous to assume that something like that happened and that that animated some kind of riot on January 6th because he threw a plate against the wall when he heard Bill Barr uh, contradict him uh, the month before? uh, Temper temper what you heard today. That's all. There was no cross-examination. There were no corroborative witnesses. And she was 23. I just – you know, I'm – Hard for me to get too excited about that when they're making no connection to that and the cause of the violence on January 6th, which was the point. If you're trying to embarrass the president, you want to take the uncorroborated, unvalidated word of the hearsay of a 23-year-old fine, embarrass the president based on that. I accept it. He looked a little worse today because of the statements that were made. He did. He looked a little worse, had nothing to do with causing riots on January 6th. I would find I would find it really interesting to see what would happen if she were put up under some form of cross-examination whatsoever. These committee hearings have none of that. None of that. Watergate did. Iran-Contra did. Every major investigation did. You know what they also did? They also held those hearings before people were arrested and indicted. This is kind of another weird thing about this hearing. All those people who've been arrested and that the administration and others have been, you know, boasting about having arrested some 800 people on January 6th. They've been arrested. Now we're doing the hearings afterwards. It's a little bit of a cart before the horse. It's a little bit of a face shaving a razor here for the purpose of embarrassing a president where there is no nexus between anything he said or did and the violence on January 6th, or frankly, even any connections between the people who were arrested on January 26th or were involved in the violence on January 26th and the president. No connection, no nexus whatsoever. So I just had to open by mentioning that. What I really wanted to open with is an essay from Issues and Insights. Let's review the news since Friday's Supreme Court decision, the real news. A decision that gave power back to the people to decide what laws should apply when it comes to abortion. Riots, arson, calls to assassinate a sitting justice, threats of violence against pro-life institutions. No hearings on that. Here's a small sampling of headlines. Calls for Clarence Thomas's assassination spread across social media after Roe reversed. Christian Clinic torched. Antifa packed a flamethrower for abortion riot. Man arrested for attempted murder of LAPD officers amid Roe v. Wade protests. Abortionists go mad. Shut down LA freeway. Pregnancy center in Virginia vandalized. Someone set fire to Christ centered ministry vandalized premises after Supreme Court's abortion ruling. Violent Portland pro abortion protesters destroy vandalized property. Vermont State House vandalized. If abortions aren't safe, you're not either. Crisis pregnancy centers under attack after Roe v. Wade overturned. Live update, riots across the United States. And we didn't even mention the attempted assassination of a Supreme Court justice as a headline. The president hasn't even said a word about that. But by all means, screaming headlines of the day have to do with a violent attack on the Capitol that took place a year and a half ago with everyone involved having been arrested. Okay? Notice that several instances of violence are in states that will almost certainly retain liberal access to abortion. I loved the Green Day musician from California yesterday who threatened to leave the country because of Roe v. Wade being overturned when, if he were to just stay put in California, he would realize that abortion rights are being expanded there, not constricted. Rationality, though, isn't a strong suit for those on the left. Temper tantrums, yes. In re-temper tantrums see my monologue from yesterday. Even President Biden's Department of Homeland Security is admitting that left wing violence is a threat. Warning, these extremists will likely exploit the recent U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade to intensify violence against a wide range of targets. Reads a Department of Homeland Security warning that went out on Friday and basing this warning on, quote, an observed increase in violent incidents across the United States. Close quote. By the way, guess what? Guess what the president can no longer say? Guess what the Speaker of the House can no longer say? Guess what the Secretary of Homeland Security can no longer say? None of them can any longer say the greatest threat of violence in the United States comes from white supremacists. They cannot say that. I mean, they can, I suppose. Nothing stops them from saying that. But anyone with two eyes who can read headlines or look around the major cities and what took place over the weekend, and what for certain will take place further, will know that the greatest threats of violence in this country today come from pro-abortion political operatives. That's the main threat of violence right now. That and um, that and young men who have uh, who have taken it upon themselves to. Uh, to act uh, with contumacy against the laws of the society. You know, I mean, why are there 25 shootings in Chicago amongst young men in one weekend while the mayor finds it important to stand in front of a rally to yell F. Clarence Thomas, except she didn't use the letter F. She used the full word it stands for. I mean, that's where violence is. It's It's not Clarence Thomas committing any violence. And it's not Lori Lightfoot herself, except through her nonfeasance in managing her city, which has become a hellhole of violence, as have other major cities across the country, while the Democratic mayors and prosecutors of those city are rubbing their hands together and patting each other on the back because Liz Cheney found a 23 year old who has some embarrassing things to say about Donald J. Trump. More to come in just a moment. I'm Seth Leapson 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show. Every day, more harmful decisions by the current administration hurt the economy, robbing your savings and investments. It's almost criminal. Inflation's at a 40-year high, making your money worth less. Now there's a very real possibility of a full-blown recession. You can't really afford to lose even more. The good news is when investments fall, gold traditionally holds its value, which is why I recommend calling Midas Gold Group to talk about safeguarding your wealth with physical gold. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. MidasGoldGroup.com. I own gold and silver from them. Seb Gorka does. Thousands of you already do. More of you can. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com or give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. I remember um, when I was, uh, I think I was a freshman in college. I was in college. I think it was my freshman year. And uh, I had a friend in graduate school. This this was back when I was a lefty liberal. And uh, he wasn't. Uh, he was a friend of mine I'd met uh, in a in a club. He was at the graduate school. And I was talking to him about uh, abortion and, you know, why I thought, you know, Roe versus Wade was a good decision and that sort of stuff. Remember, I'm just a young college kid. And he says, have you ever read, actually read Roe versus Wade? And I, I said, I've never actually read it. No. I mean, I know what it stands for. And he said, do you? And I said, sure. I mean, you know, da 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 And he went through stuff that I didn't realize that Roe versus Wade stood for, or had led to, uh, including its companion case, which you know is what opened the sluice for the uh, the uh, mental health uh, the mental health exception to any abortion regulation. You know how that worked, right? We can get into that if you don't. But the importance of reading these things before talking about them, because one thing you can be almost certain of is that most journalists don't read these cases they write about either. Most don't. One or two do, and then the rest of the journalists kind of follow off their lead. And the one or two who do know that they're one of the few who will. I'm thinking of your Nina Totenbergs. They know they're one of the few who will, so they can give it you know any shading they want. They can give it any twist or turn they want. So, um... Let me go back to the issues and insights essay on this because it gets to that little vignette I just told you. The disconnect between the Supreme Court's decision and the reaction from the left is even more startling when you actually read Justice Samuel Alito's opinion, in which he argues clearly, forcefully, compellingly, and without apology that the court made a grievous mistake in 1973 when it invented a constitutional right to abortion out of whole cloth and then compounded the mistake in 1992's Planned Parenthood case. Alito destroys the dissenting opinion and is brutal in his takedown of Chief Justice John uh, Roberts' concurrence, which is nothing more than a harebrained attempt to split differences. Read it yourself and see. We guarantee that if you are at all open-minded... You realize that the only question Alito leaves unanswered is how in heck the court let this disgrace stand for nearly 50 years. For the time being, here's the relevant line in Alito's opinion. Quote, abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Rowan Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. I am struck still by my conversations with people over the weekend, particularly some of the high school students I was mentioning to you yesterday, in what they thought the Supreme Court did. And I assumed they would think that the Supreme Court outlawed abortion. I assumed they would think that because that's the narrative Nancy Pelosi and the media want you to think. But all you have to do, boy, you know what? This could be a huge wake-up call. You we, we often engage the discussion here. Um how do you open a person's mind to our point of view? Or what's the best way to have a discussion with a liberal or a leftist when you see things exactly the opposite way? Well, maybe when you find someone who believes the Supreme Court outlawed abortion throughout the country or believes Nancy Pelosi or Hillary Clinton when they say that, maybe just show them those three sentences from Alito's majority opinion. Show them the three sentences. Print out the opinion. Show them. Here's what he said. We'll repeat it. Abortion presents a profound moral question. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that authority. We now overrule those decisions and return that authority to the people and their elected representatives. Do you know what that might do aside from correcting their misperception about what the Supreme Court did, do you know what ancillary benefit that may have, which may even prove to be a bigger benefit than the original? It might just open their eyes to the point that they're now saying, well, why would I have ever thought otherwise? Well, if that's what Alito's saying, what made me think that he said something else? Maybe I shouldn't. Trust everything I read. Maybe I shouldn't take as gospel my friend's post on Instagram or Halle Berry's post on Facebook. Maybe 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 the New York Times and maybe Nancy Pelosi's emails are aren't actually true or accurate, or maybe they have an agenda. You know, this might be a very good way to have that conversation or open someone's eyes along that. Along, along those lines, aside from just correcting their misperception of what the Supreme Court did, because if they can lie or distort or revise or propagandize on something so clearly not true, maybe the question is, what's the old Latin phrase? My friend Steve will get it for me. I know it. He will. If he's listening, falsus in uno, falsus omnibus, right? If you're, if you're lying about one thing, you're lying about all things kind of in the back of your head. Um, it's 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 just as clear as day what Sam Alito is writing and what the majority is voting for. The Constitution does not prohibit the citizens of each state from regulating or prohibiting abortion. Roe and Casey arrogated that. We now overrule that, and the authority of the people and the our elected representatives is who are earning the power too. It's pretty what we call black letter. So then the question becomes, well, why would people think anything else? Well, they would think anything else because they read it somewhere or they were told it somehow. And maybe it gets them starting to distrust the dominant liberal narrative. It's a thought. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show. John Dabrowski is our culture and economy expert. He brings us the culture and economy update every day at this time. He is also the host of his own radio show, heard every Saturday morning here at 7 a.m., the word on wealth, and the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. Grandcanyonplanning.com dot com is his website. John, how are you, sir? I hope you're getting your store in Prescott ready for an invasion by me and my Brittany. I hope so. You coming up this weekend? I, I might. I might tell the audience the name of your store up there again. You and your wife's store, Liberty Lane, right on That's the it. square. Liberty Lane, in right Prescott, on the Arizona. Yes, yeah. yeah. sir. I think we should have Brittany Day at Liberty Lane. W- we could do it. All right. Everyone who do wants it. a Brit- who has a Brittany, bring them. <laughs> Dow Falls, new. <laughs> <laughs> Are there breakables? Is it a is it a break it you own it situation? It's, it's fine. A little bit. It's fine. <laughs> okay. We're dog friendly. <laughs> OK, good. Dow falls nearly 500 points as bear market bounce loses steam. Start with the second part of that sentence in this headline from CNBC as bear market bounce loses steam. Yes. What's that?
2: Mean? Well, you know, last week we had a, a tremendous rally in the markets up about 8 percent, believe it or not, on the indexes last week. Uh, and after the uh, amount of uh, declines that we've seen over the past couple of months, the thought is is that this might have been a, you know, a formulation of some type of a bottom and beginning of a, a little rally back. But, of course, we have the bears, uh, which are usually looking at the stocks as a negative, and we've got the bulls who are always maybe a little more positive, thinking stocks are going to go up. Sometimes the bears went out, so that's what they're thinking. Could that last week's gain have been... Just the bear market still bounce and just a false kind of bottom. And possibly we might see a little retracement of that. And we did see some negative economic news today, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the Consumer Confidence Index. I was going there, yeah. Which uh, fell down to 98.7, down from 103 in May. And this was, of course, uh, an expectation of the Dow Jones estimate of 100, according to the Conference Board. So this weaker data is, again, just indicating the potential fears of recession As we're seeing, uh, you know, the battle back and forth of the economists out there of who believes that uh, a recession is definitely coming or the others who may feel a little bit more uh, positive about things, thinking that it may be possible for us to actually get out of this without going into a recession. And then there's others that already feel we're in a recession. Yeah, (laughs) those are the three. There's
1: those that feel we're in it. There's the – you know, I don't – I keep you around. <laughs> so what do you think, Seth? Ask John Dabrowski. That's my answer. But, but, but I am reading more and more. Enough that makes me get this feeling, John, yep. that we're kind of sliding um, ineluctably towards a transition. We're kind of sliding into a into excuse me. We're sliding into a recession, ineluctably into a recession that we can't seem to do anything about. We're kind of adapting to the notion that yeah, recession's coming. We're kind of right. getting used to the notion that we're. We're just heading towards that uh, towards that iceberg, and there's not much that can be done about it.
2: And it's very possible, yeah. Seth, that that may occur. We did see again, too, uh, some news that China may be opening up. Yeah. And uh, if they do that, that's going to create a little bit more of a challenge. Think about this. It's got these uh, people in China who have been locked up for for many months. And we're still having these shortages around the world mm-hmm. and the cost of
1: uh, oil and gasoline. Oh, so the competition has been less than it would have been is what you're saying. Exactly. What's going to happen
2: when we see all those people uh-huh. and the doors open and uh-huh. they start to flood the streets uh-huh. and want to go out and do
1: things? Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: I mean, there's going to be potentially uh, you know, some more demand for some of the products and services that we're already uh, feeling the stress of. So uh, it's going to be interesting. As I said, what I'm looking for is to see how the uh, – Quarter ends here for uh, U.S. companies, and that's going to be, of course, just around the corner next week when yeah. we see uh, the end of June. And uh, then we start to hear uh, how they're reporting, their quarter was, and then what are they going to be projecting? Nike beat expectations yesterday, yeah. uh, but they did not give us forward guidance. Uh, so it's it's going to be hard again for us to really get a read on to maybe what we're going to be expecting over the next three months. Uh, to six months. What so, would
1: when the quarter closes at the end of at the end yeah. of uh, when we get that report next week, John? What number would give you a little more comfort? What minimum number would give you a little more comfort? Well, it's not necessarily a number, but it is. It's
2: companies in general. What are they reporting? Did okay. they meet their expectations okay. of what they forecasted? Uh-huh. And then are they going to be revising the guidance that they had given in the past? Mm-hmm. So if they had said we're going to expect to grow by eight percent, but they're going to revise that down to five. I mean, that's a big difference, right? That's a big right? Difference, yeah. So these things could be uh, – they'll be telling once, once we start to see this. And that's going to give us, again, that indication. Was this a bear market bounce or are we going to potentially see that we're starting to formulate a bottom? Either way, stocks are a lot cheaper than they were six months ago. So for those out there who are still uh, investing in their 401ks, you're taking advantage of this fall in the market. Keep investing. Good message. Thanks, John. You bet. Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of FinRand and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, not affiliated. We'll talk tomorrow, Seth. You betcha.
1: Thank I'm you. Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leepson Show. For those of you looking for a unique investment opportunity, a wonderful and unique investment opportunity with a great return. For investors check out why refi they are my friends, and they are offering a fixed no load interest rate up to ten and a quarter percent for investors all in a secure and collateralized portfolio why refi is a is a due diligence approved firm in the business of helping people do their best to dig out a debt by actually doing the right thing paying down their debts. you can be part of this great investment opportunity well as well check them out at invest why refi. Dot com. That's the word invest, the letter R, and then R-E-F-Y dot com. Invest, y, refi dot com. Or give them a call at eight five five three one six three zero eight seven. Eight five five three one six three zero eight seven. Local company here. You can go and visit with them. Tell them I sent you. Here's news you can use. I didn't think I was going out on a limb in my opening comments today in talking about the testimony at the January 6th commission hearing. But I did say, you know, principus, beware first thoughts. You have allegations from a 23-year-old witness with no cross-examination. One of them, really quite a remarkable statement, which is that the president of the United States lunged at a Secret Service agent. Now, she didn't witness this, by the way, but we're supposed to accept this is true. Everyone is reporting it. Well, here's news you can use, just as I suspected. Uh, I didn't suspect the source, but uh, we'll take it. Peter Alexander, not uh, not exactly a slouch in the mainstream media. Not exactly a slouch. He's the chief White House correspondent for NBC. You agree that that's pretty good mainstream media credential? Peter Alexander, can I read you a tweet of his? Just put up. A source close to the Secret Service tells me both Bobby Engel, the lead agent, and the presidential limousine SUV driver, are prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted, and that Mr. Trump never lunged for them or the steering wheel. Okay, just principus, you know. We'll see if that uh, if that if that news makes it beyond um, Mr. Alexander's tweet. Or uh, talk radio. But, you know, that's why you tune in here. This, I just wasn't sure what to say about this. Hillary Clinton speaking to Gail King at CBS News yesterday. have You've heard this, what she said about Clarence Thomas. I mean, the level they will go to to defeat and uh, shut us up and shut us down, the levels they will go to using tropes about minorities that most of us have been educated on as being completely unacceptable in public dialogue, never acceptable if used against a liberal who happens to be a racial minority, never, lest you be accused of engaging in some kind of angry you-know-what syndrome. Here's Hillary Clinton with Gail King yesterday.
3: Thomas has sort of floated that out there about contraceptive rights and yes. contraception and about same sex marriages, but other justices have pushed back to say, no, he's really sort of on his own with that. Well, Don't he, believe that? Well, he may be on his own, but he's signaling, as he often did. You know, people, I went to law school with him. Mm-hmm. He's been a, a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Angry black man. Grievance. Anger.
1: anger. And
3: he has signaled uh, in the past resentment, to anger, lower
1: courts anger and to grievance. state
3: legislatures. Find cases, pass laws, get them up. I may not win the first, the second, or the third time, but we're going to keep at it. So you're saying people pay attention to yeah, this. the people he is speaking to, which are the you know, right wing, very conservative judges and justices and state legislatures. And the thing that uh, is, well, there's so many things about it that are deeply distressing, but women are going to die, Gail.
1: Women are going to die because of the resentment and grievance and anger of this black man. Women are going to die because he speaks to the extreme right. No, he doesn't. He's a Supreme Court justice who speaks to the entire world. Now, that's one way of looking at Clarence Thomas, Hillary Clinton's way. I never thought, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that Sonia Sotomayor was less personal as political than Hillary Clinton. But maybe it's Hillary Clinton who has the resentment and anger. Maybe she's projecting a little bit. Did you see Justice Sonia Sotomayor and what she said about Clarence Thomas? She might know. Okay, she didn't go to law school with him, but she's worked side by side with him for some time. And this is what she told a conference of legal scholars a week ago.
3: But I suspect I have probably disagreed with him more than with any other justice. That we have not joined each other's opinions more than anybody else. And yet, Justice Thomas is the one justice in the building that literally knows every employee's name that they every one of them and not only does he know their names he remembers their families names and he
1: He remembers
3: he's the first one who will go up to someone when you're walking with him and say is your son okay how's your daughter doing in college he's the first one that when my stepfather died sent me flowers in Florida. He is a man who cares deeply about the court as an institution, about the people
1: who work there,
3: but about people. He has a different vision than I do.
1: Was that so hard? Was that so hard? Who do you trust? Hillary Clinton who calls him a man of resentment, grievance, and anger? Does that sound like a man of resentment, grievance, and anger to you? And are we now allowed to use those tropes? No, of course we're not. But she is. She can do anything she wants. Hillary Clinton can do anything she wants. The only punishment she will ever pay, the only just desserts and comeuppance she will ever get, is humiliation from her husband in public. And humiliation from the voters who are just not buying what she keeps trying to sell. Resentment, grievance, and anger. Women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. Boy, she, she and she and she and Anthony Fauci ought to, ought to write a, a horror movie together. The two of them. Could you imagine? It? It'll probably beat the fever swamps of anything Stephen King ever came up with. Oh my goodness gracious. As I go to break, let me put in a word for Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. Portions of this show are brought to you by the good folks at Balance of Nature, and they are good folks. They don't just make a great product. They're doing good in trying to teach Americans and helping families teach their children about American history. We've talked with Tom Jones, their their spokesman on that part of the project, but I take it every single day to boost my energy, my health, and my immunity because it's a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables that is 100% pure and natural. And you just take it once a day and you are good and raring to go with that pure, potent plant power. Check out Balance of Nature for yourself, balanceofnature.com. Just make sure to use discount code BALANCE. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, are we just on a winning streak with the court? Who knew? <laughs> who knew that it was going to be the court system? <laughs> who knew that it was going to be the judiciary that started draining, draining the, uh, cl- cleansing the Augie stables? Who knew? The New York Supreme Court. By the way, that's a, that's, for those of you uh, who aren't sure or are aware of this, the New York Supreme Court is um is their trial level court. They call it <clears throat> the Supreme Court, but it's not <coughs> pardon me, it's not their highest level of appeal court. It's not even their intermediary. It's their trial court. But nonetheless, the New York Supreme Court, do you know this? They ruled that that New York City law allowing non-citizen residents to vote not legal. Not legal. So we've gotten religious rights from the federal Supreme Court. We have got uh, a restoration of constitutionalism and hopefully a protection of the vulnerable and the unborn from the U.S. Supreme Court. We got a reaffirmation of the Second Amendment from the U.S. Supreme Court all in one week. And now the New York State Supreme Court is restoring, I guess, what you might just call the word citizenship, Reading from Fox News, the law passed in December 2021 by the New York City Council created a class of voters called municipal voters comprised of non-citizens who reside in the city for at least 30 days. Now, the funny thing about that is anyone who takes the citizenship test, I actually pulled it up, knows that one of the benefits and privileges of being a citizen is the right to vote. And in fact, the right to vote only belongs to U.S. citizens. New York City, Gotham, had a different point of view about that. Because, you know, Democrat, because, you know, leftist, because, you know, socialist communist, because, you know, break the system, because, you know, non-citizens being given the right to vote will give us more of our woke dream palace or what my friend Tom Klingenstein calls woke comms. We're going to talk to him in the next hour about that. Woke comm. Mark that phrase down. We're going to start using it around here. We'll talk to Tom about what he meant with it. Woke comm. It's short for woke communist. But you'll remember this is the bill that the newly uh, sworn in mayor, Eric Adams, was asked about (coughs) right when we were all thinking Eric Adams might be a moderate. And you know what his response was about response to the bill, to the legislation in New York City was? Do you remember what it was? We played the audio once upon a time. We don't need it now, nor do we have time for it. But remember, I remember what his response was. A lot of these people don't speak English. That was his response. Oh, okay, that's the standard then. Anyone can vote so long as you don't speak English. Why even be 18? I'm sure there are 16-year-olds that don't speak English. Now, we're slowly restoring common sense. I just didn't think it would come from the judiciary. What a pleasant thing to be surprised by. I'm Seth Leaves and Tom Klingenstein on Woke Comms, coming right up. Don't go away. We'll be right back